This is Sing Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to uh, another episode of Sing Talk. Yay. We are very happy and honored that we have the father and daughter super team duo here. Um, so, those of you who that's, know. That's you. That's, that's us. <laughs> this is Joe and Shannon. Um, yeah. No. So, Dorian and Nayana Holly. Um, Two very incredibly talented singers, vocal coaches, touring artists. Go on, go on. Mm-hmm. Vocal contractors. <laughs> Supermodels. G- GQ models. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the hard part. Right. But anyway, I'd also like to welcome Joe <laughs> And then these guys. Yeah. And my yeah. wife, Shannon, who left the kitchen area and came here. Yeah. Yay. So. Thank you. That was that's a pretty kitchen. Sexist, wasn't the it? kitchen. Yeah. Anyway, I, I can't wow. even imagine you inside the kitchen. I know. I don't ever. Right. That's the funny part. No, no. She doesn't do anything in the kitchen. What she does I is feed the dogs it. and look at the fridge. Like I wish I could eat. And yeah, we're, we're doing a cleanse we're doing a right cleansing, now. So we're both. Well, I heard you gave up. I don't know why we're talking about this. Sorry, but I heard you gave up. Already. I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I'm only eating. Like I've literally eaten like a goat today. I had like a handful of nuts. Wait, did you did you give up certain foods or did you give up on your diet? She gave up All on this. It. We've been doing this for, um, this would be the fourth day. Is that Green Book? It's a green, <laughs> it's the green book. <laughs> well, look, it's a white guy holding it. Yeah. Ah, you know. oh, no, yeah. if I should be in on this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, thanks for being here today, and thank you for thank taking you for the time. And us. we're going to try and pry open your brains and <laughs> learn about what you guys know. So, um I just want to take a moment, let you two sort of introduce yourselves a little deeply, a little deeperly, yeah. and then we'll go into some other things. But Nayana, yes. So how far back am I going? <laughs> in the you were born in a small town. Actually, right. maybe Dorian should introduce you. Ooh. Oh. Oh. That sounds like a really Switch good idea. Okay. And your mic sounds. So she is. Uh, this is my uh, my first princess. My my firstborn. Nayana, who, um, much to my, uh, uh, not dismay is not the right word. Anyway, she scared me by deciding at, as far as I knew, at about 15 years old to start singing. And um, like most people, she'd kind of dabbled in music lessons and sang a little bit with me and her auntie and uncle in our our church groups, our praise and worship team. And then she just... um, uh, decided that she was going to get serious about it. And the first time I really heard her sing, I mean, I knew she had an ear for harmony. I knew she, she had, you know, kind of the voice gene. But the first time I heard her really sing, um, she sang Blue Skies by Ella Fitzgerald. And if you know that that classic jazz piece, Joe, just like about it. <laughs> that's, uh, I actually strangely do know that. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even know who Ella is. Uh, <laughs> no, there's like a 62-bar solo in it. Wow. So a 62-bar scat in it. And she sang that while I was sitting at her desk in her room at the only computer in the house and uh, almost knocked me out of my chair. So that's where the, the singing really began for me. It was, a, oh, it was, it was, it was very serious because I never heard her practice it. I didn't hear her learning it. Wow. I didn't hear her. It just, I didn't think that singing was going to be a thing for her. And from there, she just she dug in. So anyway, um, my darling, sweet daughter, oh Nana will tell you about her. <laughs> Very, well, can um, I can I before we go on to that? Did please. you feel Stop like it. discouraging that or encouraging that? Like with your history of music, 
did you feel like um, it's a great thing or a holy crap, I want her to be a doctor instead of going down this road? Because of all your experience. Well, I didn't, I didn't have a, a particular thing that I would have chosen for her, but it really scared me that she was choosing this because as you guys well know, it's, it's hard to do this. It's hard to be a musician. It's hard to earn a living as a musician. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, but at the same time, when I hear her sing, it makes me cry because her voice is so beautiful. Um, because she uh, has has devoted herself to learning how to do it right, and um, and also uh, uh, it's difficult for kids to follow in their parents' footsteps when their when their parents have done been reasonably successful mm -hmm. in that. Um, it's just it's it's a it's a heavy burden to put to put on them. But I didn't discourage her. I didn't encourage her. Did you either. coach her? I didn't I didn't coach her because her person all of my diet I got three we girls. Can't do it. No? Yeah. No, we can't. Little dynamic mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Don't tell me what to do. The one thing that my You're three not my Oh wait. Oh wait, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The the one thing my three daughters have in common is that you can't tell them anything. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can Wonder where they got that. Right. Mm. Not, certain, not from <laughs> Anywho. Me, not from their dad. Um, the only way that um, that you could, I could help them is by waiting for them to ask for help. And, and then as soon as you open your mouth, they got it. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start to say, mm -hmm. they yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. So no, I, I didn't, um, I helped if she asked for help. Um, I, I, I coached when her mom made me coach her. You know, okay, let's put, let's put Nayana on video and, and, and critique it. But I, um, I, I could not say do this or do that. Yeah. Mm -mm. And nope. I still can't. Still can't, well. yeah. <laughs> Sensing that. Makes a great artist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, you, you got to let kids uh, find their way. And, um, and. Uh, I think especially with creativity, you got to, they got to find their own way. I mean. Yeah. Got to make their own mistakes. They got to yeah. try stuff. And they got to, and they can't. And, and it's so easy to, to, to hurt somebody and discourage somebody. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. It's amazing so easy the scars that people come in and say, well, my kindergarten teacher told me I couldn't sing. I'm like, wow. That's meaningless. And they're done. Like, they're that's wow. meaningless. Somebody told you at five. Right. But it, it stays with you. Right. It just it stays with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, yeah. even if somebody plays a song and go, what do you think? The only thing you can do is say, oh, that's great. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, uh, <laughs> what do you think? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's the way I am. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. it's just it, it, it hurts too much. You you Such internalize a it process, though. Yeah. until yeah. they ask you for money to put the album out, and then you're like, right. about those songs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how I told you I love them? Right, they're horrible. I've liked them to a hundred dollars. Right, but, all right, Diana, <laughs> now wait, fill so, us in. But please, put some mics around here. How, how, how much is it? You just say ten thousand dollars. You just say you can edit this, right? Yeah. Oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> Well, it's, it's oh, it's because I just spit water all in it. I'm gonna turn down the headphones just because we're not using them. And I'm oh, oh, is that yeah. what it is? Okay, oh, good job, Cody. Creative, this. yes. Technical, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're so gonna beat up Cody later. So now let's talk more about me. Let's yeah. talk to yeah. me. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's am I picking up where you left off? Well, no. Fifteen. I went to. So so yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't discouragement. I think there was encouragement. That that sounds about right um, in terms of the time that I started to pick up um, a passion for music. Um, so I decided to try and audition for high school in L.A., which is still here. It was 
formerly known as the L.A. County High School for the Arts, now called Arts High, I believe. Really? They changed mm-hmm. the name? Mm-hmm. Is that like the Fame really. Fame School? Kind of, very similar yeah. to Fame, yeah. yeah. Which so, I really wanted to be a part right. of. Right. I mean, it was amazing. It's much like the movie. Um, all of the arts represented, dance, theater, visual art, music. I think that was it. Um, so we'd spend like the first half of the day doing academics and then the last half doing music. So I was learning jazz and in the gospel choir and music theater. Fun. Um, what do you like the best, by the way? In terms of genres? Yeah, because jazz. jazz. Math. Oh, jazz. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. No. Jazz no. is definitely where my, my, my devotion and my passion lies. Um, I don't know. Just like everything about it, the lyrics, the music, it speaks to me. Um, and started listening to it so young um, and, and then decided to keep going. Went to college where I could um, major in jazz studies, which I found to be amazing. And actually, I, I, when you were asking about you know my parents being okay with this, there was one stipulation when I decided to go to college. I wanted to go to a conservatory at first, you know, Berkeley, or a lot of my friends went there. Um, and I don't know if this was my mom or you, but the one stipulation was I had to go to a university. I could study music as long as I did it there. In the event that I changed my mind, I was already in a place where I could focus on something else. Um, Which so is a conversation that I don't even know anything about. I'm <laughs> oh, really? That was then that must have been my mom. Oh, it was Conservatory was out of the question. Um, so I went to Western Michigan University, studied jazz there, ended up studying Spanish before I left, um, and then came back to L.A. And, and started trying to make a career out of this thing. I wonder if your mother did that when I wasn't around on Maybe purpose. Maybe so. Yeah. That was definitely. Let's call we her. Had, we had fights about it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because yeah. I really wanted to go to Berkeley, um, and I know a lot of friends that went that were, you know, very pleased with what they gained there. Um, probably a little bit more music focused than than Western, where I ended up going. But I'm so happy. And Berkeley's not a four-year university. Well, it's a conservatory. I don't know how many years mm-hmm. it is, but you it's can do it. it's you just can do it in less than all music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't just go. I want to switch to what I loved about what I loved about Western Michigan though was the the focus on jazz. It was like laser beam focus on jazz, which I think is really really special. Um, No, it was a great program. And I thought that's the reason you chose it. That's Mm, cool. You talked to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as we've learned from before this started, I know nothing. Okay. So is it one of these things where if you learn to sing jazz, you can sing anything kind of deals? No. Okay. I don't think I don't think so. I've just proven I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've also never bought into that. If you learn X, you can do anything. No. Each, each, each uh, vertical requires really understanding, like whether yeah. it's jazz, musical theater, pop, right. R&B, gospel. Every one of those has its own deep. Yeah. Like I've never heard a good. I've never heard anybody who's done classical and crossed over to pop and mm-hmm. it's authentic, or pop and going to classical and mm-hmm. it's authentic. Well, see, the, th- the thing about it is, I think that you're right, <laughs> and uh, of course, Nana is right. Also, it depends because on she's your daughter, and she would fight with you if she didn't say <laughs> that. <laughs> we, I don't think we've ever fought. Uh, Aww, not that I can remember. But, We're um, gonna make it happen today, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Same I talk. think that I think it depends on the person. <coughs> it depends on the person's orientation. It, de- it depends on um, if they're so f- if they're focused with the exclusion of everything else, or if they just really love music and they're specializing and they and they want to um, 
they're going after this lane, but they just love music. I mean, she's saying, you know, she made sure that she found a, a, a great church with a great gospel choir while she was in, in uh, Michigan, and she joined and sang there every week pretty much. And, um, and, uh, and you know, I, I was, I'm a, a working singer, so I, I was touring with Michael Jackson and Rod Stewart and, you know, and, and you name it during that period of time. So I'm, I'm, so all sorts of different music was played in the house from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, jazz was probably one of the things that wasn't played quite as much as everything else because I'm always learning music and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, and I'm a, a, a composer as well. So it just, I think it depends on the person and their orientation. Yeah. If the, and, and so, um, if you start off with classical music, you almost can't sing everything else, anything else. You know, but if you start off with something else and, and, and get some classical training or if you, uh, uh, or whatever else it is, and if you love it all, right. you know, like for me, it, this, is, this, is, this is really funny. As you were talking, I, was, I remember when she was about 10 or 11, she wanted, uh, she fell in love with uh, Reba McIntyre. And she was playing that, and she, you know, we bought her a couple of Reba uh, cassettes, and she was playing that, that all the time. And mom was like, "She said, do you think we ought to, think we ought to do something? <laughs> do we need to intervene? I'm sick of hearing fancy 25 <laughs> yeah, times. Oh my God, Rihanna's like, like lo- loving cookies. And I'm like, leave her alone. She's loving music. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah, I don't think that she, she necessarily loves country music. Or if she does, fine. Um, right. Which, which I love too, yeah. you know. Um, but it's, it's music. And um, um, the best country music is music and universal. The mm-hmm. best jazz is the same. The best pop is the same. Um, and, and the worst of all of these genres is right in a particular lane. It's very narrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, I think one of the things that I didn't realize was going to be so beneficial to my career later on down the line was how much I loved trying to sound like other singers. Um, so trying to mimic Reba, mm-hmm. learning Ella Fitzgerald scat solos, things like that, um, prepared me for something that I wasn't even aware of, which is being able to be versatile as a singer. Now I can even call me for a country gig, and I can do it. You right. can call me for a gospel gig, and I can hang. You can call me for a jazz gig, pop gig, whatever, and, and I can do it. And in addition to that, I will say I had two very strict years of classical training when I was in college, which changed my voice completely. My voice was very small. It was very thin. Um, you know, it was changing from from 18 to 22. Um, and that's where I really learned how to use, like, you know, for the singers, we'll get a, just t- slightly nerdy, where I learned how to use my mix, um, where I learned how to not potentially damage my voice by trying to belt all the time um, and just like really understood placement, singing out of my mask, all of that stuff that you guys, you know, that your listeners know. Um, I learned that there first when I was studying classical music. So you know, funny, for those funny. that feel like training isn't necessary, I'm I'm so for it. You <laughs> grew a lot. That's, that's funny. That's a similarity that we both had as children that I didn't know about. When I was a kid, I had a little little green record player that was like it was closed and you could carry it and I used to take that into the garage and I would I would uh, try to imitate Anthony Newley I would imitate Frank Sinatra Sammy Davis just you name it whatever it is I could do Carol Channing and I didn't know why I was doing it I did it because I because it was fun because because I love to do it and um, fast forward you know I, I I get I, I'm on uh, Dancing with the Stars for the first three seasons, where in one episode you could be doing all. You, I, one night I had to be James Brown, I had to be Frank Sinatra, I had to be 
uh, I can't remember the other two people it had to be. One was, was a rock guy and one was another um, sort of Frank Sinatra type thing. And uh, the, um, the other singer, one of the other singers came to me next week and, and gave me the best compliment I could, I could receive. She said, she said her dad told her, I never heard that live recording of Frank Sinatra. Where can I get that? Was, oh, wow. Oh. I was like, yeah. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that phrasing, that's, that's a hard, he's, he's hard. Yeah. That's a whole thing about phrasing. He and Sam Cooke are like these two like masters, masters. of phrasing. For sure. It's hard. Well, it, and, it's, Luther, and it's like, and you can't, you can't, it's not anything that you can explain. Uh, what 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 they what he did, what Frank Sinatra did, the, and the way he did it, you can't explain it. You just have to you have to you have to absorb it. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then at some point you understand it in your skin. You know, you still can't explain it. Yeah. Maybe you can get close to doing it's it. It's so. really hard to reverse engineer it to then teach it. It's right. so like, how is this like? Yeah, it, you can hear it, but it's really like. I mean, I'm spinning this a little off the side, but when students come in and their their phrasing sounds like on the beat, it's theater, right? mm-hmm. you know, it's on the beat, and you're trying to give them a little like it can't be that you've got to have some space and you know it, it, even trying to explain to somebody in the pocket, mm-hmm. like the it's only way you can difficult. teach it, the only way you can feel. teach it is is sit down with them and play it. I, I can't sit here and play it for you um, 300 times. I can play it for you 10 times because that's what we have time to do in an hour. Um, and I can try to, can you see where that is? No, it's not there. No, it's not there. But the only way you can teach it is to say, go in your garage it, with your record player. And <clears throat> I'm honestly, record player. that's the truth is you're trying to find that. And uh, <clears throat> Luther's the other one, like the house is not a home. The phrasing on that is so hard. Luther Vandross yeah. went to Western Michigan, by the way. Did you? Oh, really? Fact, hey. My alma mater. Miss Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, pay, I paid for him to go, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And your mom told him to go there. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's slide, uh, let's go a little on your history. So tell it, I don't even know where you were born, because I couldn't find that. I was born in Santa Monica. Were you really? Yeah. No I wonder it's not in there. In Angelino. My mom and dad were both from the South, and they met here, and and married here, and uh, me and my uh, younger brother uh, are natives. And uh, I live uh, five blocks from where I was pretty much raised. Seriously? Now, um, uh, same zip code I had when I was 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. That is a good You've experienced enough zip codes that if you want to stay home, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've experienced quite a quite a number of you know areas. Of, yeah, all all over. Matter of fact, because she was born in Long Beach, so that's all the way, all the way down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on tour, and you just happen to stop by Long Beach and <laughs> <laughs> have a baby, and then keep the tour going. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, was your parents were they musicians? My mom sung in the choir, and we went to this uh, we went to this big um, what well, seemed big then. It's, it isn't really all that big, but there was a hundred voice choir at the church where we raised, the Baptist church, where um, <clears throat> black people from all over the country who had come to LA uh, uh, ended up at Calvary, uh, a very upwardly mobile um, working class um, um, church, the church is still there, and it's the church where I was uh, uh, baptized and raised, and that's where I first fell in love with music, because the choir was just... It was just, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, my sister tells me that I could harmonize like about three years old, four oh. years old. I would harmonize with the Lord's Prayer. But that's why 
was introduced to music and, and fell in love with music at that church. Just a, just a great, great choir. And um, matter of fact, somebody in the choir with my mom just passed away a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, and he sang the song, one of the, the, probably the only song I can remember that the choir used to, used to sing. Um, and uh, my mom was a singer. My dad was a, a strange bird. He wouldn't sing or dance, um, and, and I'm sure you can understand it. He came up uh, pre and during the civil rights movement, and he wouldn't do anything that black that he that he thought white folks expected black people to do. Really? So black every every black man could dance and sing, and he wouldn't. But he was very musical, and I believe that he's the reason that I am a writer. Um, on Sunday mornings when we were getting ready from church, he would walk around the house waking us up, and he would make up a song. Um, and at the end of in every goofy rhyme that he made, he would go, bow, bow, da, da, bow, the sound of a guitar. <laughs> and, he, and we would all do it with him. Um, and it would be, you know, something like, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, get out of the bed and hit the floor because in 10 minutes we hit the door. Do, 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 something like that. And so we would all try to, we compete trying to, Aww. with that sort of thing. And I, I think that's part of what made me want to write, just having that going around I me, mean, because I, st I still remember Making that, and it was a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah but um, always, in, always in love with music, great music around the house. What did your parents do for work? My mom was a registered nurse, and my dad worked in a grocery store right on um, Adams and Redondo, mm. uh, and later on graduated to uh, uh, a million dollar salesman insurance, selling insurance. Wow. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a rhyme for insurance. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, You're going to send him off on yeah, a mind right. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> forty five minutes. I know. Yeah. Forty five minutes. Flip Florence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so just let him go. He's so, as you start little showing little. musical uh, ability, are they just like, I don't know, <clears throat> what do we do with this kid? I mean. They, you know, you know, all of us kids. Sort of the freaking out the way you freaked out over. <laughs> yeah, um, not in terms of making a living. They give us all music lessons, you know, guitar lessons for my older brother and sister, and piano lessons for my younger brother and I. None of us practiced. Um, I took lessons um, for a year, a year and a half when my music teacher moved uh, too far for my dad to drive and, and take us every Saturday. That was all the excuse I needed to quit taking piano to my everlasting regret but we sang in the choir <clears throat> um, uh, the, my music teacher's son was in a boys choir uh, the Bob Mitchell singing boys which is the choir that was started in the 30s and um, the same uh, week I buried uh, Michael Jackson and my mentor Bob Mitchell the very same week they passed mm. away uh, and um, the choir house was right over on St. Andrews and Melrose it's, it's still there now I it was a full week for you yeah, so, so it was a school. Um, I auditioned for the school. I got in. I went there for a couple of years. And it was like uh, your, uh, uh, like uh, LAXA, where it was four hours of, of, of scholastics daily, four hours of music from, um, from 10 to 6, Tuesday through Sunday. And um, that's where I learned about the, the, uh, theory, to read music, and just singing full time. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So... I'm just thinking how you come from an insurance salesman, registered nurse, mm -hmm. to probably one of the top 
How much time sessions. do you have? <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that's such an amazing... Think about all the other stuff that you did. Because <laughs> it was yeah. a lot that you did before you yeah. began as a oh, professional God. singer. Uh, you know, so much. Really? I mean, doing other jobs before you made oh, living? God. Oh, God. My, re- my resume outside of music is probably 10, 10, <laughs> 10 pages long. I mean, because I, I, I didn't know that you could make a living doing this. And I, I didn't really think about it. I do you know? Anybody doing do it. you know it now? But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my He's cashing You have no. figured that out, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I started making a living doing this at 29. You know, whereas, like, my, my dear friend Paul Jackson Jr. started at 15 doing mm-hmm. making a living. Um, and uh, so I, w- I kind of was like trying to find it, trying to think, try to be- trying to believe I could do it, you know. So I just I did everything from running a hardware store to throwing newspapers out of the car, and so many things that you don't even want to know about. Kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, which well, things were grocery, illegal? Grocery bagging, all, selling all, insurance, all selling fire smoke alarms. Right, there um, was a fireman stint. Yep. Did you, you know, <laughs> it came that close to becoming a fireman. Um, uh, Flight attendant, uh, uh, box boy, um, um, working in the towel department at Saks Fifth Avenue. Um, the question is, why were you fired so many times? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why did all these jobs well, end? The first couple of jobs I was fired from was because I was young and, and stupid. Um, the rest Fair of the enough. jobs... Uh, you just burn out? I don't know that I got fired from them. It's just that you kind of like... I. I I, I didn't get fired from that many jobs, but I just didn't go anywhere where I'm like, yeah, I'm here, I'm going to do this yeah, for 30 years. Yeah, not passionate about years. it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and also trying to, at, at some point, you start trying to do a job that you can do while you're um, doing music. Yeah. You know? And then I finally found a job, which I was at six years for the longest job. Selling, selling this advertising. Juice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> selling advertising with a phone. And that was okay. from like 6 a.m. to 2 and I could go home and take a nap and then write songs. Yeah. I could go do demos for people and, you know, that sort of thing. So I, so I did that. You know, I, I mean, I bought, you know, the first house that she lived in on that. Wow. You know, supported our family. and. Um, but you and knew that whole time that music was what, your passion or you didn't know? You just I didn't know it was my passion, it. but I didn't know it was going to, that I could, it could sustain me. I was like, maybe I can make it as a songwriter. Maybe I could sing on a couple of records. You know, and you were in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know musicians. I just kind of had. Also, I had my own band, and so we had our own world, okay. own gospel band. So that was kind of very insular. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really until I started meeting other people but, uh, doing it. Twenty nine, though. That's not that old for to be making a living doing this. I mean, you know, a lot of people are struggling way longer than that. It's pretty good. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, it depends, I guess, how you you look at it. Whether it's you know, breaking in as an artist or whether you're being a working musician, but mm-hmm. that's not bad. Oh, I, I, thought it, I thought it was old. I, 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 I think everybody in this business feels like they're old, though, right? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, well, I, well, I feel so old. How old are you? 18? Like, you know, you have a time. You're going to be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess I mean compared to pretty much everybody else I know that started around 18, 17, right. making right. a living. Yeah, it's all you know. comparable and relative. <laughs> yeah, true. But in the big picture, that's pretty good. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Well, I don't feel, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It all works out. You know. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and, and you know, um, uh, and I'm going to just say this, and I'm going to let Nehana talk because I'm talking too much. Uh, what I, the thing that I like about it was 
when I started making a living doing it, there was no question that I was going to be uh, taking drugs or drinking too much, you know, um, lose my way. It was not going to be. It, it, it wasn't going to happen because I was, mm -hmm. I, you know, because I, I had responsibility. I had a family already. I knew what it was to have to live on a certain amount of money and have mm -hmm. a budget and save for a car. It's just, it's, you know, it's like, not like. You when, know, you start, yeah, yeah. when you start, yeah, when you start at 18. Because right. when you're 18 and you have people waiting on you like they do when you go on tour. Yeah. And, and then that stops you don't know what else there is. Right. You know, I knew there was something else. I was like, oh, this is great, you know. Yeah, you were I, grateful. I came home from my first tour going back on the phone, getting my leads out to, to start selling ads, you know. And, and my What wife, was your first tour? Uh, Michael Jackson. Your first wow. tour, and you came home and started selling ads again. Well, technically, it was my second I mean, tour, but the first tour was. But like, I'm saying you came off Michael Jackson, going, "I better sell some more ads." The next morning, I didn't have a, you know, my that job was over. I know, but still, mind. that's incredible. That and what were you, what there, were you doing? All. You were doing background, or yeah, yeah, I was in, yeah. I was in the band. Okay, well, and before and before that, I was uh, selling ads over the phone. So I came back, you know, I got up at five the next morning after the tour, went to my office. Got my leads out, stack of leads like this. Got my phone and, and like, okay. I'm, and then at some point, you know, Carla came in and she was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "So the, the tour is over. We didn't, you know, yeah. we have money coming from anywhere else." And she was like, "Well, you know, maybe you don't have to do this anymore." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She says, "Well, call some people and maybe you get on tell her. them that you sing and you just got off a tour of Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Some work. <laughs> right. That hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. You know, I was wow. Like, like oh." Yes, I could love You know, there's that. a perceived value there, right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> like, there's a perception. You can you know, roll where, that where There's a lesson in there. <laughs> Look, they need me there. That's why I was like, call them and then go, by the way, do you have insurance? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I have a little dabble in both. Yeah, right. in both. You killed two birds with one stone. Yeah, but it just, it just, had, just hadn't occurred to me. You should have been selling tour I mean, insurance. what also hadn't occurred to you was even going to the audition for the Michael Jackson tour. Right? So that's a question like well, for both of you. I didn't know which about is, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what, what, I want to know what that moment that, it was that, right. both, that you both felt like was your big break. And clearly this where she's going is yours, but I also right. want to know. Yeah. Um, well, what was, I don't know. I'm trying to think what mine was. I guess my first big job out of college, which it took a couple years. I've moved back home. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, rented a room, tried to save some money, tried to get out of debt. But my first tour was with Queen Latifah um, when she was singing. You know, she's a jack of all trades. And so she had a couple of jazz albums out. And I had been spending the time in L.A. networking, going to jam sessions, meeting people. Um, so John Beasley, who's a music director, piano player here, called me for that. Um, and that was my first, that was my first tour. My first probably big, big tour was with Sheryl Crow, which it, this, you know, our world, our music world is so strange and small intertwined. and intertwined. Yeah. So Sheryl Crow, which most of us now know, used to be a background singer for Michael Jackson with him on the, was that the Dane, what was the first yeah. tour, bad tour. Mm -hmm. So there's like pictures of Sheryl holding me as a baby Whoa. in the 80s. And then fast forward to however right twenty years later, and actually he was he was doing a gig for her, right? Um, and I think the rehearsal was at um, um, what's that? What's the space? Right on Hollywood and, um, and uh, SIR. SIR. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let me just come and hang. I'm not doing anything. This is literally how I 
got this job. So came, hung out, saw Cheryl after all these years. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? I went to college. I'm singing. I just went on tour with da 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 da. Did she hold you again? <laughs> she yeah. did. She picked me up. We reenacted the picture. Uh, <laughs> she put a card. It would have been awesome. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So they had a couple rehearsals. Um, I think. Remind me, because my memory is kind of fuzzy. I think I went. Did I go to the show? No, you came, you, you, came another... the, you came to the rehearsal, and uh, and she asked if you wanted, if to, wanted sing to sing at, on it. at, at the, um, the the next thing, which was a Christmas right. show, right? Home for the holidays. Home for the holidays. Yeah. And so she and I and a couple other people sang on that, and then after that show, we were yeah. still on stage. Right. And we she walked just walked up to Nana and she was like, "You want to go on tour?" And Anna goes, no. Oh, just <gasps> kidding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wow. that, was, that was my audition. And what year that was gig. that? Like, what, like, or kind of year? Tell. You don't tell. Either. No, I literally don't remember. <laughs> Shoot that. What year is this? Like, I'm trying to think of what tour. <laughs> it was the, was it 100 Miles from Memphis? Let's see, minus three. Divided by? Yeah. 93. She said 20 years later. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't remember which it was either Detours or 100 Miles from Memphis. Detours. detours. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I ended up touring with her for the next five years, I think. Oh wow. It's like three tours. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's been that's And did been a you blessing. like it? Like, I mean, of course, there's amazing parts of it. But was there any yeah. part of it that you're like, okay, after five years, like, being on the bus and all that stuff? Or did you no. just love it all? It was great. Yeah. It was a great tour. It was the perfect, you know, I'm in my early 20s, like, perfect time in my life. Um, that tour, I was, I was the youngest on the tour and mostly everyone had families and it was, you know, like there was, it was mellower, but it was mellow. It wasn't a lot of drugs and craziness. And so that was good, a good introduction for me coming from like somewhat of a conservative kind of upbringing. And do you miss touring right now? I mean, do you wish you were out? On the road more? No, I don't. I, I definitely you, am in a place in my life where I'd love to do, transition. Do you, do, would you, do you guys like being home more now? Well, well yeah. I, I was home. I stopped touring about 16 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, just but I mean, you're still out. You're out with uh, James Taylor right well, now. Well, I just so. went out for the first time, yeah, oh. a month ago. It was my first time going on tour in 16 years. Oh. And, um, and, and it just, you know, I, I'm not a person who, like, has fa- What was your favorite tour? What was your favorite music or favorite yeah. artist my favorite tour to do I, I usually say I don't have favorites but this is my favorite tour to do and it's because the way singers are treated on this tour mm. it's because it, because he his his format is like uh, almost like a praise and worship thing it's mm. like the vocalists are the center of it and he's the only artist that I can th- think of who you can tell everybody knows it's about the vocals. That's the thing we get mm-hmm. done first. The band's never too loud. Never, no one ever has to say anything to anyone about volume. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and there was a, and I toured with them in '94, '95. Mm-hmm. It was the same way then. It was the same way now. And so it's just um, every every musician is is treated like gold on that. Mm-hmm. In that every person, every crew person, everybody's mm-hmm. is treated like the yeah. best possible. That's awesome. Way. Yeah. And so it's just the gig. The right. Is just it's the way that I would if I were the head guy. That's the way I would treat my. Right. It's the way I treat right. my guys now. You know, down, play in LA and that's how it was with Cheryl yeah. as well. And I think that makes a difference when you really feel like you matter to right. the company to yeah. the, the entire right. experience. We rehearsed in Cheryl's barn. We would all have dinner really? around her. the in Nashville. Really? Yeah, her, her not the place she lives in now, but her her last home. We'd all have dinner around the dining room table with crew, you know, with with the band, mm-hmm. everybody. 
Um, you know, James, I know, would, would like be on the same tour bus. That wasn't quite the same with Cheryl because she had kids and all of that. But it was just very much like a family. Everyone was treated well, and, um, and it, makes, it makes a difference in the way that you perform and the way that you give your part. Yeah. How does it compare to your last gig? You, you, uh, Robbie's the last gig you're out on. Yeah, right? so, yeah, Robbie's thing has kind of changed. I've been touring with Rob By now. the way, that's Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams, oh. yes, sorry. Um, which, not very well known over here, but, mm -hmm. you know, superstar. Everywhere else. Overseas. Um, that's also a great gig, you know. he's We play stadiums. Um, we've toured all over the world. And he's now transitioning into trying to see about his North American audience over doing residencies in Vegas, which have been well-received, much, much smaller, more intimate. Um, slightly different experience, but also great, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's as... It's not as intimate. Intimate right. as it was with Cheryl. Um, and even for me, musically, with Cheryl, I got to double her a lot and sing a lot of her same lines, which was just so satisfying as a singer to, <laughs> to be able to have that responsibility and to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're all the gigs we do are just so, they're so different and special in different ways. Do um, you do you want to be a lead singer? Like no. is that, no, interesting, I yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Do, I think do, that's do you? great. I know that's... you're doing, your next gig is at, uh, Vitello's. Vitello's, uh -huh. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, next, uh, next uh, Sunday, a couple of Sundays, uh, the 31st. I do, yeah, I do, and uh, this is um, one thing that's really, really important is for uh, particularly singers who make a living singing background. Um, I think it's really important for you to. Uh, here's an interesting phenomenon: if you get a gig touring behind somebody, especially if it's somebody well known, has really great audiences, and you start. Get, getting some of the kind of gigs that Nayana and I have been blessed to have and get to, to travel and sing in front of thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of people and do it for years and years and years. Um, the applause can feel like it's for you. And your head does a thing on you and you can, you can miss 10, 15, 20 years of the time that you... Uh, I think that every background singer starts out wanting to be a solo artist. I don't care what they tell you. Mm -hmm. and, that uh, <laughs> Except for the one next to you. Starts out. Okay. Starts out. Um, and, and I'm not saying that she's 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 wrong or lying. <laughs> she's not lying. She's not just yet. wrong. And and obviously it only applies to the people that that I'm that I'm talking to. And uh, so you get there. You get a good gig. You're making a great living. You buy nice clothes. You buy a home. You buy a car. Um, traveling the world, staying in the best hotels, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, oh, sh yeah, I, uh, I almost cussed. I, uh, okay. I, I wanted to be a lead singer. And um, you just spent that time doing that. And then you lose the ability to do it, the will to do it. Right. Um, the balls to do it. It's almost too easy to do. Like, it's an easy, it's much easier. So easy. It's a good gig. You get paid well. Yeah. But see, but see, what I think is, yeah, you don't have all that. It is easier, but it feels like you're doing what you set out to do. Yeah. And you, and you got the audience is there. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah. They don't give a shit about you. Yeah, no, they don't right. care about you. I, if can, you if I can relate to that to, to a certain extent. I mean, I definitely don't like some of my friends who are chasing a solo career legitimately. I, I don't have a desire for that. But there have definitely been times on tour where 
while I was out, I was contacting promoters in L.A. Okay, I'm going to be in L.A. for this month. Can I play at the Mint? Can I play at whatever, House of Blues? And I had to. I had to book gigs on my own just to remind myself of what my own voice sounds like. Um, so that's. I think that's part of what you're talking about. Um, you know, like I said, not necessarily chasing the dream as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we, we are creative in our own right and have our own ideas and things to say. Um, and, and it's important to take the time to hone in on that. Yeah. So. I, 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 the, my, my only point is if that's your goal, yeah. Um, do it now. Don't get don't get, don't get sucked now. in. I mean, you know, yeah. because you because you you get married, you have kids, you have responsibilities. It's it's like um if it's you, like saying if you you're going to can as a touring. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How do you have time for that? Right. If you can what? Get married and have kids. But, yeah, 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 but I'm just saying that the older you get, you know, it's like it's like saying you're going to finish college. If you don't right. do it, the, when you get out of school, every year it gets harder and harder to, to do. go back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and five years from now, it's that much more harder. And 10 years from now, and 15 years from now, 20 years from now, it's way harder to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting, though, like what, would, what, what the desire is for being the lead versus mm-hmm. just like singing and using your voice and, you know, being on stage and being part of that team. Yeah. Is it like, is it just our ego or is it like you have something that you want to say? more importantly like to get up front right i don't know i don't know because because that, be happy that like itch is scratched for me even doing like i still i'm not above doing casual gigs weddings things like that like i i do that stuff and and i'm singing diana ross or beyonce i'm that person for that audience yep. mm-hmm. and it's enough for me yeah um to make my little check and go home i don't have to <laughs> figure out you're and, I, and i love it too you know i, I, I mean I, I you know you you love to sing, you know. What I mean? Yeah, you love to sing, right? And, and all and all of us do, and uh, that's a that's a y- tough one. Yeah, and 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 man, I I I'll do any kind of gig. You know, it's funny because you bump into I bump into a friend I haven't seen in a while, and say, hey man, you know, I had this job, I had a hundred fifty dollar gig, and I just knew you wouldn't take it. That's so I didn't call you. I was like. Don't spend my money for me. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell fun. you. Let me tell you no over the phone. Call me yeah. for that gig. You know. Yeah. Because um, if I'm not doing anything, um, it'd be uh, fun to do. It'd be do. fun to do it. It's fun to connect. And and the other thing is, this is a, a little bit different. The the longer you spend not in front of an audience as Dorian Holly, mm-hmm. it's like you start all over again. Yeah. Really. You know, and if, it could be just it could be two months. Yeah. And it's just like you the amount of of fear and trepidation that you had. The first it's time. like wow. yeah, yes. It's only until like doing it and then doing it the second time and doing it the third time that you start to find your legs again. And every time you go away and come back, you're starting all over again. Do you have? Because um, we've a lot of these interviews that we've done with artists, they all have a similar story of being feeling like I'm not good enough. They're gonna find yeah. out I'm a fake. You know, like all those sort of like artist yeah. thoughts. Do you guys have that? Like I, do. I, I do. definitely yeah. Isn't do. that crazy? Definitely yeah, do. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is more they're gonna find out I'm a fraud and have I prepared enough. Mm-hmm. And um, she and I, we um, a, a couple of years ago, for a few years in a row, we did a Black History show, uh, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a couple of Februarys ago, I had first time in my life I had a panic attack backstage, mm. and then and then had it again in the same show while I was performing again. 
and um, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like? What did it? What were the symptoms for it you? Felt like I was having a heart attack. Oh yeah. And you're just I feeling, like, but but you knew it was related to nerves, or you were like, no, well, something's wrong with I my body. I, no, I only knew later because I couldn't think about it while I was you in the stage. You just thought my was. body's shut, freaking yeah, out. Yeah, I was just, I just knew it was, was freaking this? out. This was this was two years ago. This was two wow. years ago, two Februarys ago. On stage. Uh, the first time I was backstage and the wings about to come out and I do that It makes me her. feel like I'm going to have a panic attack you know, right now. I'm um, I was about to, she was starting, you know, she started the song and uh, I was supposed to come out in the second verse of the chorus, whatever it was. And it started then. And then the next time I had Are it. Are you sure it wasn't a heart attack? <laughs> it may have been. Well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> my arm has been feeling kind of scary. But oh, I mean, Cody. well, I think when it goes along <laughs> with. Um, Hang on. You okay? He's gonna, he he's gonna call, tell Cody the fraud right now. Yeah. Cody, you're fired. Yeah. Um, but was it? Did it coincide? Because I've had those before. I, Joe and I, did comedy for years, and so like it'd be like the person announcing your name, and you're like, I'm just gonna run. Like, I'm wow, just like and then yeah. you get up there, and you're fine, and you yeah, come yeah, through yeah, it. But yeah. yeah, but that panic goes along with like a voice that's like, it, it, they're all gonna hate you. But you know what's really weird? Someone who suffers from panic attacks. You know what? One of the therapy. Uh, things you learn when you're having in the physical act of a panic attack to get out of it is to sing. Because singing forces you to breathe properly. Wow. And it it tells even if you're still having the the, yeah, even if you're still having the mental stuff, your body physically I I learned all this in the anxiety this is anxiety talk, everybody. But um, your body can only do that for like four or five minutes. Uh Uh-huh. And so singing will help shorten that because it forces you, and especially as you get a professional singers to breathe correctly and then your body gets back mm-hmm. in. So like how long did it last when you were in it? Uh, all the while I was back there and it just started to fade as I was walking out and had to, had to think about what my lyrics were. You know, the other thing is it takes you to uh, singing yeah. or whatever, it takes your attention away from yes. that monster mm-hmm. in your closet. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you have to, I gotta think about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, is that something I say in, in coaching is that preparation is the antidote to fear, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you, you, one of the one of the reasons I don't know if this is true or not, but I say it. <laughs> one of the reasons that I continue to perform is so that while I'm coaching, I know what it feels like. Right. You know yeah. what I'm, and so I know what I'm telling a, a student uh, uh, or a kid on a show. Uh, what it feels like. I, I got to know what it feels like. I can't be talking theoretically about what you need to do to not be nervous or what you need yeah. to do to prepare. I got to know. And I'm still learning how much I need to prepare. My, I think I, I think I know. I, if you ask yeah. me, I think I could, I'll give you an answer that I think is true. It's always and the it, show that you're like, that you're too confident in. Yeah. You're like, well, I got this. Yeah, and then you're like, get up on stage and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't plan, I didn't like sure. practice like I normally do. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. So when you were doing American Idol, for instance, and you'd be talking to the kids, did you find it easier to relate, let's say, to like a Melinda Doolittle, who used to be a background singer? And then what were you telling Sanjaya? <laughs> were you like... You know, my thing is, is I can help, any, I, I can help you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love people mm-hmm. uh, and, and have, and I think most teachers have great empathy for people who perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can help Sanjaya. I can help Melinda. I, it doesn't. I, my job is to make you or Shannon or Dave feel better when you're on stage. That's 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 my gig. Interesting. You know. And so right. it doesn't matter if I like her better than I like you. It doesn't matter if he can sing better than she can. 
it's like I'm I, I'm I'm gonna help you. I'm trying to help you be better than you were. Go yeah before. yeah. You can't yeah. be better and than I, the other. I feel person. like everybody who comes to me is better when they leave. Uh, maybe that might be my ego talking, but. Um, well, you see, I'm better. I didn't want to tell you this. <laughs> I'm gonna do a 45 second scat after this. Yeah, you know, and if and well, if, don't and tell if, me anything. And if there were more, if there were a couple of coaching teams on the show, as there were, you know, mm-hmm. like four or five coach, four coaching teams on American Idol, I feel like our coaching team is the best, and I'm a will beat your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're my competitive too. Mm. <laughs> oh, so even American Idol, like a whole backstage compet- competition with like. Bird and versus you kind of thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your question? Like, were there, so the coaches were competitive with each other. So I don't know so like, if it was really spoken. Was it what's spoken? your question again? If you, if <laughs> <laughs> no, don't let that one that go. Didn't happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have had absolutely. a lot of winners, though. Just saying. You know. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder if there's a whole like. Right. Right. Oh, of course. You that know. is that kind and, of. And I'm quick to congratulate. You know, my m- guy, my buddy. Um, two of my buddies are on American Idol. I'm not on an Idol anymore. Mm-hmm. Two of my buddies are on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Matt Rohde and Antonio Soul, and they both play in my band. Mm-hmm. I'm quick to go over there and say congratulations. You guys got did a great job. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, good for you. Good but when you. the coach's last person goes, are you guys like? Oh, you mean, oh, like, so, like, yeah, your guy gets eliminated. He's the last and guy. And then do you yeah, just, yeah. you have to leave, too, I guess. Yeah. No, no. Well, well, I never left the show early in the season. Okay. All the years I was we on. Just I saying. Just saying. Like, I mean, my guys were always in the last, in the finals. Okay. Wow. Me, I should say meet my guy. Me and Michael Orland was my partner on the okay. show. Who's a great, amazing guy? Partner. Um, and do you and feel like they gave people to you? Like, did they did they just divide them up, or did they go? When we first gonna... started, Bird got the girls, and we got the boys. And um, then, um, at some po- point, when I was there, one of the girls wanted to come over and work with me and Michael. And then the next season, they had us the first week go half go to her and half go to me, and then half go the other way. And whoever wanted to stay with one or the other could, and whoever didn't care just got divided, divided by up. number. Yeah. yeah. So we both had an equal number. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do, do you coach as well? I do. Yeah. Oh, cool. Not quite as much, and I haven't haven't done any of the shows. But um, but I sing background on The Voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was going to say, oh, yeah. they haven't asked you to do some coaching as well? Not yet. Not do yet. they know I'm about I'm very, it? very new. I some doubt telpa. it. All right. <laughs> Just letting you guys know. And I'm very new there, but one thing that I do love about it is that it is a collaborative show. Mm-hmm. You know, we meet with the contestants so many times throughout the week. So first they're, you know, they're choosing their songs with their celebrity coach, then they're meeting with the band alone. So our MD, Paul Markovich, is, is, you know, helping them figure out their arrangement, cutting the song. Then they meet with the band and the background singers and we can, you know, chime in and kind of help them figure out if they want to change the arrangement up. Do they like what we're doing? So it's it's all very collaborative when we get from choosing song to going live. Um, but I mean, even with just <clears throat> if that and mm-hmm. doing backgrounds, you mm-hmm. don't have time to coach when during the season anyway. Not and, during uh, the season, and, but it's it's only a few weeks. I mean, that's that's a six it's week. It's short, stint but it's at like four a year. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And on and on Idol, I you know when I first went, I went as a coach, and at some point. Ricky asked me if I wanted to sing on the show, if I wanted to coach, because you can't do both. Right. There's too much time, there's too much material to learn if you're in the band, and there's too much to do if you're a coach, so you mm-hmm. couldn't, there's no way mm-hmm. you could do both on mm-hmm. either, on, right. on The Voice or on American Idol. Right. You know, and I, and I chose to coach, because I, cause I, I, you know, I didn't, because um, I, loved, I loved teaching. I didn't mm-hmm. think that I would. 
Um, but I love, it's just, as you well know, it's so gratifying when you help somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, when, you, when you see them get it, oh, man. It's, it's really just, an amazing feeling. But for me, when I started teaching, I went, all right, I'm out. Because <laughs> I wanted to be a rock star. And then I went, I started teaching, and I went, I would much rather teach. I don't have that thing, that desire to be on stage. Yeah. I never got to the point where I was comfortable on stage. I was always nervous. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I started teaching. I was like, this is, this this is, is it. Right. That's so beautiful about, about the music business, quote unquote, is, right. is that you can, uh, you can find where you fit. Um, and I just, I just love it. You know, one of the things that was surprising to me was several years ago um, seeing one of the crew guys walk up to the drums or the guitar or the piano and start playing and, mm-hmm. and just going, you know, or like if we were at SIR and, and you know, somebody that you know, because uh, you begin to work with the same people yeah, yeah, over and somebody picks up an instrument. <laughs> and, I, um, you know, I'm sure you do too. I always tell people, just don't, you know, you don't have to, because you decide to not pursue being a rock star or a background singer or a guitarist in a band you don't have to lose music altogether you can mm-hmm. stay mm-hmm. you can stay right you can stay connected to music if you try hard enough i think i, I have a, more of a, a love relationship with music because of stopping that mm. wow. because it started feeling like um dreadful yeah you're supposed to do this and mm. i gotta go do these gigs and rehearse and I lost that. Oh yeah, I can't wait to do music. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to pay attention to that. Yeah, there have definitely been things that I have played with in my mind. Oh, maybe I could do this in the music industry. Maybe I can do that. And when I when I have those feelings of not and not not dread that is just fear masked as dread, but literal dread. I don't want to be doing that. It's like let, leave that to someone else. Leave that to someone who yeah. loves giving in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay in. I'm staying in my lane. And it's, <laughs> and it's also okay to not. Sometimes you see somebody doing something, and then you choose to do it, and, and then you do it because oh, because you know we're always trying to figure out how to keep make a living, you know, a check right. coming. Yeah, right. And um, it's also it's also okay to decide not to do that thing and to feel all right about it, not go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, it's not it's failure. not mine. Doing, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, but it can it can it can feel yeah. like that. You you can be in a space where you're. I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. It's, you know, or somebody's doing something. Oh, I guess I need to be doing that too. You know. Well, I think anybody who's successful will tell you they've pivoted multiple times in their life. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. Because something pulls them and, and you can't ignore what's pulling you. Right. But I it's wish, funny. I, I wish keep, I could sometimes. <laughs> I keep, I keep thinking I should so start a blog, start a podcast. And, um, I know a place you could do it. Is, uh, well, <laughs> and then I, I go. You know, start an interview show, and then I look at yet another one of my friends that started an interview show, and I'm like, going, you know what the world? Yeah, but it's about be, how you have a different voice. It's exactly the same as why these different artists do what they do. Oh, there's another artist. Well, that's not a good reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. It's your voice, your way of doing yeah. it, your message, your way of asking questions, your way of putting out information. Right. Just like teachers, like every teacher has a different way of doing it. And every way is valuable. No one teacher has it right. Mm-hmm. Or no one teacher has it all right, I should say. Okay, this is the Dorian Holly blog. Right. <laughs> now I'm going to ask Dave Stroud some questions. Right. No, that but was, what, that more was, importantly, do you want but, to but do that's it? The, right. that, isn't that the thing that you try and do with your students when you're working with them is to pull out their special thing? Right. Oh. Um, I don't know what kind of lesson you're doing. <laughs> yeah. That seems inappropriate. Yeah, but I want to be there. Use, right. Use the please do yeah. a special thing. Yeah. Oh, boy. I was yeah. not going there. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> but anyway, something unique about no, them, something I, special. I, that's I, what makes <laughs> artists artists. Right. That's what makes great oh, yeah. anything. Anything. There's something unique about them, and and you just keep nurturing that, mm. so it keeps coming out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But thank you for that. Yeah, and I did. I did make that pivot um, about a year and a half ago. I did start a, a blog um, on YouTube about you know, music and practicing, and I, I always get new singers calling saying, hey, let's meet for coffee, let's talk, I want to pick your brain about your process, how did you get to this point, and it was happening so often that I was like, I need to f- either find a resource to send people yeah. to or create cool. one. Um, so it, it's it's due for some updating, but um, there are about, I think about, about 10 videos up now, it's called The Practice Room on YouTube and just kind of try to think of commonly asked questions that I got. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's um, definitely something that I'm passionate about is, is are you, so it's on YouTube, but are you, are are you also putting out like snippets on Instagram? Yeah. I put snippets on my Instagram and on Facebook. Um, And yeah, I, I want, I want singers to, to feel empowered, to feel like they have the information that they really need when it comes to like on tours, you know, we're, we're both um, part of the union SAG-AFTRA, but touring is not covered. So learning how to negotiate your own like rate, things like that, things that people don't really talk about and mm-hmm. just assume everyone kind of knows how to do. And that you don't find about till you get there. Right. right. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason that we do this podcast is because yeah. of, of that. But you think about all the thousands and thousands and thousands of singers out there and it just feels like, I don't know what we do. If I right. want to be an accountant, I go to school, exactly. follow the book, and then you go out mm-hmm. and you get a job and just follow the process. You want to be an auto mechanic, yeah. here's how you learn and then right. you can do it. With singing and the music, there is no, no well, there's no manual. Right. So there's no way to to help people, and of course everybody's different, so the paths are different. Uh, sell insurance and then go into a Michael Jackson. (laughs) Dave, weren't you listening (laughs) forty minutes ago? Okay, I do want to circle back and ask you about how that happened, though. How I got that Michael Jackson story? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like the break for you. Yeah. There's no short way to tell that story. Are we on a time limit? No. (laughs) We own the airwaves. Um, Um. I'm well, gonna try, I'm gonna you try to found out about the audition from <clears throat> you, you, Darryl, Well, right? I, a few years uh, before the audition, a, a, a guy who was in my band, we wrote some songs, we used to go to his house record on his Fostex 4-track. He got hired to play with a, a Motown band called Switch. James England's brother was the lead singer. Oh, yeah, Phil, Philip. Philip, yeah. Philip, he gave Philip a tape. Philip loved it. Philip called me. He said, man, I love your voice. You're great. I'm going to keep your tape. I was like, oh, great, thanks. Three years later... Um, uh, a guy, Kazumatsui, was doing a record and wanted a particular kind of voice, and Philip remembered me. He called, he tracked me down three through three moves, uh, and found me and said, "Hey, there's a, this audition for this," and sent me an audition. I went to audition, um, didn't get the gig. The guy who's, who turned out to be my best friend was there listening to me outside the room outside. Invited me to dinner. We met, became best friends. A month before that, um, <coughs> her mom and I. Were New Year's, I'm like, I was like, what can I do? I'm like, I can't, what am I doing wrong? I can't, I'm not getting anywhere. She's like, well, you need to meet somebody who's in the business who can help you. So I prayed for that, that New Year's night, uh, 1986, New Year's. Next month it happened, I met Daryl. Daryl and Philip became my friends. They started getting me work. Daryl started calling me for work. Six months later, he calls me for, um, you want to audition for Michael Jackson? I just read about that audition in the LA Times. Michael Jackson was going on tour for a year. Um, I go, um, I can't go, man. I No, because I just, she was just born. She was one. 
I, I gotta go. I can't. In my mind, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm leaving for a year, going on tour. If if I get the gig, I gotta leave for a year. And he goes, oh okay. We hang up the phone. I put down the phone. I turn around, and her mom is looking at me like, go. You just <laughs> yeah. asked for this, and it, it yeah. was handed to you, and you. She's went. like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. And I'm like, what? She's like, maybe it, maybe you aren't leaving for a year. Uh, maybe you're leaving for a month at a time, or maybe it's enough money that the family can go. You know, so. Yeah, maybe you're right. I called him back. I was like, if you haven't found anybody, all right. So we auditioned. The next day we go to his house, me and Cheryl Crow and Kevin Dorsey and Daryl Fennessy. We, we get in my car, we get in my Jeep. We go to a record store and buy some Michael Jackson records. We learn these songs all day for about four and a half hours. We work on a few MJ songs. Now, these this wasn't <clears throat> the actual, like, the directions for the audition, right? That was just a choice you guys made. Yeah, well, well I'm, 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 cutting, I'm cutting to the chase. What the, what the, but I, this may be important. What they were doing is they put the audition out. They had 400 people in L.A., 400 singers come out for the audition. People would send in pictures and a resume, and they would call you in. Okay, your audition date is Tuesday at 2. And they would put people together four at a time, put them in a room for 15 minutes to learn an MJ song, videotape them, and send it to Michael. They weren't finding people. So um, Daryl had already had an audition with in this sort of situation, and through his own finagling, he wrangled another audition and, and under the guise of, let me bring in my group, hmm. you know. Uh, and so we, uh, I believe that a number of people who auditioned could have got that gig had they been given the kind of time that, they, that you need to audition for something like that. You can't just put people who don't know each other together for 15 minutes and to, 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 to nail a Michael Jackson audition. Special. Yeah. So, we, you know, we worked long and hard. We got a, had an acapella tune. We had Rock rock With You. We had, you know, Jukebox Saturday Night. Saturday night. Do you know that song? Mm-mm. Mopping up soda pop rickies to our hearts delight. I mean, it's like four-part mm-hmm. tight, mm-hmm. all you know, Andrew's kind Sisters of kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we had the audition at 6 uh, that evening. And at midnight they called us and we got the gig. Um in Michael Jackson's band. I've worked for Michael for about 26 years, 27 wow. years. All of his solo tours. What yeah. was the first tour? Was it uh, Bad? Bad was the first Bad tour. Bad was the first solo tour, yeah. yeah. That and must I, and, I, and I was blessed mm-hmm. to do all of his solo tours after he and his brothers, yeah. And, um, and as a consequence, there were some people who were friends now, but who were just like hating my guts. Because I, you know, I wasn't in the business, nobody knew who I was. How do I come out of nowhere? Um, Cheryl was a, a pretty much a demo singer around town. Daryl, people knew Daryl, they knew Kevin, um, but they really didn't know me and, and barely knew Cheryl. But you know, it was just like a lot of people. That was the first, their first real gig. It's yeah. like going from zero to Ooh. a thousand. Yeah. And so, did Crazy you go times. on the? Did the family go on the road? What yeah. How did you work that? Oh, the family was on the road the whole time. No, 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 not the whole time. Oh, but, just parts. Yeah, they yeah. come out and. and and was it a full a year? Of time. It was over a year. Was it? Yeah, it was uh, two. It was fourteen months long. And then you did the um, Rod Stewart next. Yeah. And then I did the Dangerous. Which, whichever came next, yeah. Dangerous History Tour, the second album. Dangerous, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, history was after that, and. I mean, uh, those tours. The theme about those tours is it's, it's a little bit like Robbie Williams, right? Those are the. <laughs> Those you, you cream just, of the crop. I mean, well, not just the cream of the crop, but the the massive amount of production, the massive amount of everybody has that machine. Everybody's well, you go, got you go to, be to on You it. go to see a show now, and you can see Michael Jackson in it. You yeah. can see what right. he created. In yep. It. 
Yeah. Whether it's Janet or Usher. Or oh, I mean, you can listen to it. Thriller, and that doesn't sound like an '80s album. <clears throat> that sounds timeless. It yeah. just sounds like a. <laughs> she sent me. A, she sent me a text yesterday, and she was like, "I'm working out to. Uh, I'm working out to the Bad ab- album now. I highly recommend it." I mm-hmm. sent her a text back. Uh, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's for working a, for me for a year plus. <laughs> right. Actually, got a cool moment for me on tour with Robbie Williams. We played in Budapest at the the same venue where Michael, Michael. they they recorded yeah. you know the DVD it was like the largest audience ever uh, in history and then ours was the second largest so it was cool to kind of be on the same stage totally. like looking out at this massive wow which is people. such an amazing reason I wanted to have you guys here yeah. father daughter at this level yeah you guys are unicorns yeah you guys know that <laughs> and Budapest was like 150,000 people and they were like 300,000 people outside. outside That's of, amazing. Yeah. Wow. And they broke the barrier. And only six yeah. bathrooms, which is really <laughs> <Yeah>. awkward. <laughs> right. But 150,000? <laughs> Nobody does 150,000. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-mm. that's just... And it shocked me to find out, because I didn't know who Robbie Williams was. It shocked me to find out. That Neither he, did I. He gets those kind of numbers. <laughs> really, you didn't? He does those no, no. <clears throat> we, we have family um, in England, and I actually... So when I when I got the call for the gig before I said yes, I tried to look him up and saw like oh where his fan base is. So I called our family in England and said, you know, I got a call for this gig. Should I take it? And how Do much you know money a guy named Robert? For? Right. Have you heard of Robert? Robert uh, Rom in yeah. there like absolutely take it. Ask for the max. <laughs> All right, great. Um, but, but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't familiar with him. Did he at tell all. you about when he used to live here? No. Did you guys ever discuss that? I mean, well, I mean, I've been to the house now. I mean, he's he I lives here it. now. I don't know if he was here and left and came back. I know they've lived all over the place. I, I mean, I, I only know this secondhand, but it, he used to be able to walk around. Nobody knew who he was. Right, or, yeah. Or was, I'm sure, I'm sure so comfortable even still him, now. I'm sure he wasn't is, used to. Right. Yeah, there's probably yeah. mixed feelings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can right. go to Ralph's, but... I have to go to Ralph's. Nobody right. knows me at Ralph's. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And some people put a lot of stock in them being known. Well, that was, okay, so there's two more things I want to touch on. Um, One is, because this is a passion passion project of mine, and I'll go further with it later, but uh, the effects of fame on the brain. And you guys Mm. are firsthand witnessing people who go through that, and the effects of fame, and the drug that fame is, and how it messes you up. Yeah. But curious about when you touch fame at the level you guys do, have you ever felt that like, whoa, wait a second, I gotta be careful here. I can feel that sinking in. Hmm. That's for Joe and I, right? Yeah. 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 I'm gonna tell you, you guys know me. It's really tough walking around. It's I go, hard to yes. get into Ralph's. Well, Ralph's, man. Well, they Ralph's always, is a struggle. I mean, they always think I'm Jabba the Hutt. And so the velvet rope at Ralph's is really, really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean the effects of fame are yeah. so detrimental. Nobody does well on fame. I mean, it's a really it's bad just not drug. good. For, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. Um, ego is, you know, I mean, there's a reason why um, the Bible talks so much about selflessness because we, because it's just, it's just easy to believe that you are that thing that you create in somebody's mind, mm-hmm. um, and you can. And, I mean, and, and we see its effect. Prince is gone. Michael's gone. Whitney's gone. Um, who, uh, you, you know. There's no way you could have convinced me that they'd be gone before they were 60 years old. Yeah. Right. You know, and there's no way you could have convinced me that Prince would be gone right. as mm. as pristine as a life as he seemed to live. To be living. You know, you couldn't you couldn't have meat on his premises 
You came to work for Prince. You came to work in the studio, dance. You're like, you couldn't, you couldn't there's not gonna be any meat here. You know, just no way. And, and, and I think everybody understands that it's because of how you're, uh, uh, like I can't, if my behavior, if my behavior is out of control, you know, she's gonna say something mm -hmm. to me. My, my brother's gonna say something. Mm -hmm. My sister's gonna call me Family. Out. You know, um, um, but, but that's a can't. grounded family, because <clears throat> fame is contagious. Oh, we, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. sure so you see, sure. there's people around that are supposed to be the gatekeepers and keeping things tight, and all of a sudden they're high on fame. That's exactly right. what I mean. You got yeah. something to lose. Yeah. So yeah. how do? Here's well, my question: Is it just to interrupt you? Just to interrupt you before, because what it also becomes, I'm sure, difficult is like, how do you say no to someone who just bought you a house? Mm -hmm. right. You can't. Yeah, you can't. But especially okay. if you have the kind of relationship where. It, that's it's the house is conditional, yeah. and most of those relationships you know it are, is. Yeah. you know, or you feel like it is, so you don't say anything yeah, because, yeah. You, because you because you have something to lose now. Mm -hmm. right. You know, my my uh, uh, my sister doesn't have anything to lose by telling me, you know what, you know, we we need to we need Snap to pray, we need to we need to pray right now. Yeah. You know, she often calls me. I'm getting ready to go out and tour, and she would call me. All right, come on, let's pray together. You know what I mean? Um, but the the people who need that the most. Don't have She's praying for a house, but yeah. yeah <laughs> She's yeah. like, please make enough Dear money Dory. to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think it's manageable? Is there, so I think about how uh, Music Care has put together a real support system for, you know, substance and things and, you know, whether, well, I guess it's whether substance or financial problems or whatever. Why aren't we managing and helping people who are suffering from fame? This is the reason it isn't man manageable. Because those things are after the fact. Those things are for people who lose everything. And then, okay, well, here's, some help. here's some help. Yeah, here's some help for you. But before that happens, when you're fame, when you're, when you're on top of the world, nobody's going to tell you. No one's you. feeling well, sorry about, for you either. What about either. some sort of education that happens for families as this kid is going through? Is it possible? I don't know. It's not. I don't know. It's it's just so tough. I mean, I, I do think having, mm. if you can have people around you that you honestly trust and that will take care of you and, and aren't, it isn't a conditional relationship that it sounds impossible. It sounds impossible. Um, I don't know. It's just not going to happen because when you're on the rise and every other people, the people, the, the more, the higher you get, the more people say yes. And I feel like we kind of mm -hmm. need, like Michael Jackson needed to be famous in order for him to give us what he what well, without he did. a doubt without fame it, is necessary you know. to make a living in this business right i mean even doing gigs you know doing the gig over in the valley you need some level of fame and ego to have yeah. that maybe not ego but well, fame enough that people go oh i want to go see dorian's right. show right right you mean the one at uh, the one of Vitello's on the thirty first? Yeah, yeah, we do but need the, that. But the yeah. thing, but the thing is, is that I mean, just look, just look at at MJ. You know, they they every tour, they had a budget. They had a they they knew he was going to go over budget. They had a number that they told him was the cap, and then they had a number that they that was okay, real. We're going to let the real number, which was higher, yeah. and it, it just always went above that. Mm -hmm. You know, when the last tour that we actually that we actually did. Lost a million dollars every show. They built three stages. Wow. And somebody it was somebody's idea to, to build three stages for that show. Wh which show? Uh, I think it was the history, history. tour. I may be wrong, but they, but and they had three stages. Was they losing a, they had a million dollars a show. Yeah, 
<coughs> because and, and it's because of the excesses because of just well I need, I need this I need to have I need that I need a tank I need it and you think I'm joking no I need a tank to come on stage I need I need this I need that it's, it's, it's always yes because it's Michael yeah, yeah. you know so when you when when you go to the people at the very top and all they do is say yes you think you think that your the, the your your background singer is not going to say yes you think that your your cousin no i mean i know the merchandise is not going to say I, yes? I know but i've watched you know i've had the i've been in the position of watching these young singers that i've worked with come up and and become super famous and mm-hmm. i just come you know i watch them like you know justin for example justin bieber when he was 12 13 14 like this sweet super sweet kid and i still think that's part of him mm-hmm but the fame, and this came to me by being at the AMAs or whatever, watching artists go from that end of the red carpet to that end of the red carpet, and it's a different person. I mean, they go from, okay, that's, you know, that's a reasonable person, to getting all that adoration for 25 feet, and they are completely high by yeah. the time they get to the other side. I was, as you were saying that, in my head, I'm thinking, fame is a drug. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, and so I've and done it's, a little it's, it's research. part of the reason why some people get in to begin with. Totally. It's, I mean, know? look at the Insta follower, Insta. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing Instagram. now. It's going down yeah. to you. Fame is like, like fame is 20 people liking my right. whatever. Um, 20. Well, wow. but it depends on who you are. Awkward. Oh, okay, Grandpa, 20. <laughs> no, I'm actually saying that every, it's relative. There are people right. that get the same high yeah. out of 20 likes. You, so example. the problem is, is <laughs> the problem is, is anybody anywhere now thinks they can be that famous, can be famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and what it means to them is relative, but it does the same thing to them. And so I right. did a little research and I still want to do more, but the effects on the brain are same as cocaine. Yeah. So it looks just like Coke and it burns off the dopamine receptors and it does all this, which is why they get depressed because right. now you need something you more tour, to yeah. give you that, that yeah, dopamine you rush. You go to substances and yeah, yeah. 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 vicious cycle. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that there's something that should be done. But it, the industry needs to get behind. Well, it. Dorian, think, do it. I think. Yeah. I think Dorian needs what to start. You, something. What would you do? I don't know. I just know it's a problem. Well, you're we, doing we it right. We, you're we, we a have successful this. singer, artist, musician that has worked yeah, with all these amazing can, people, and you've had this great career, and you've had a family, and you've stayed. Well, what's funny is, is that James Taylor. I mean, James Taylor is a great example. He and I are walking. Yeah, there's you know, he and I are walking from the dressing room to catering. And a guy who was clearly a maintenance guy, this was hilarious, he recognizes me. Wow. You know, from uh, from the This Is It documentary. Yeah. He stops, you know, he's kind of, you can tell that he doesn't know if it's okay to stop me and say hello, but he kind of, you know, I look at him and so we stop and talk. But I'm kind of like, all right, I want to walk James into yeah. the catering room. James stays there and start, starts engaging the guy and talking to the guy. Aww. You know, and it was just like, oh, and we ended up talking to the guy for 10 minutes. He does that with everyone. Yeah. That, he's just know, a genuine. Yeah, he's just a beautiful. I'm human so glad to hear being. that because that's how, I mean, I just. Just as he fan. seems to be. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Whatever you think yeah. he might be because of his music and his persona, he's that. Yeah. And See, his there voice are, there is There are examples stayed. of people who have navigated this correctly. Like when we first started addressing substance abuse, mm-hmm. You could, we could have thrown up our hands and went, it's, we don't know, it's just too big for us. But we didn't. We dug in and found out there are ways to help manage it and help people survive through it. And I just think the same thing. We're at this real precipice of fame at a degree that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I think there's a social 
mission, we should start thinking about how do we help people manage fame? Right. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't, that it's not worthy, worthwhile. I mean, it's, it's certainly worthwhile. Um, you know. It's like sitting it's someone down and being like, all right, I don't know how to break this to you, but you're going to make a ton of money. Right. People are going to love you. Right. See, you're the gonna, people are going to give you things. The problem is, is it's already got you. It's, it's, it's got you by the time you start getting, by the time it looks like you're where you just said the person is, mm-hmm. okay, it looks like by the time that person is there, it's too, it's late. too late to do anything about it. Because, yeah. we, because the rest of the world takes on this sycophantic, uh, uh, they can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Just everybody just, ah, yeah. you're great. Yeah. Yes, of course you can. Yeah, you're great. I want to be there. I want to be, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that, that, that everybody, want a piece the, the of rest it. of the world wants to be attached to right. it. They want to touch it. And then they get high off of yeah. it. They and want a selfie know, and, with and it. You get, and and the, the, yeah, the high that you get from being just in the same doing this uh, podcast space is <laughs> the person that is this. It's like it's you just such you, a you, weird you, you see that all the time. Just look bad. at everybody else that's like standing there while Justin Bieber's there, and everybody just turns into an alien. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're screaming. They're that's getting so high, weird to me. and they screaming. walk away high as a kite because. Right. They were in the same space, which is the reason families are next to Justin Bieber. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Because <laughs> okay. almost as if they have something to do with it, right? Right. But it doesn't right. matter because then they can go and share that, which gets them high again. Anyway, it's so a bizarre. it's an issue that I would really like. I mean, mm. you know, I bring it up because I, I people like you. I, I just would love your thoughts on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I. Fortunately, Touchwood have not struggled being on the road as long as I have with, you know, substance abuse and things like that. And I really have have made an effort to stay grounded, to say no the fourth night in the road to going out, you know, to just try to, like, give myself some some personal time. And that's that also, too, is just my personality. Some people love that. Some people love going out all the time. I'd rather be a recluse sometimes. And it saved me, I'm sure. Um, you know, out of countless crazy situations, but it's it's not easy. It's no. not easy. That stuff, like you said, it is a drug. Um, but if you can, if you can yeah. find ways to, there's going to be, be grounded. I just hope that we can. It just takes research. It's going to take sure. somebody with a deep pockets that can go in and spend some time researching mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I have um, a question. Yeah, go for it. Joe, yeah, yes, Dorian, Joe, were you here? Yeah, I was here. Oh. Dorian, born, raised, L.A. I want to put advice here. March 31st, I have nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for me? Anything I could do? I'm so bored hmm. on Sunday, mm-hmm. March 31st. Yeah. Let me see. You're close. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Actually, I do. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, the Dorian Holly Band will be playing at Vitello's uh-huh. at 7 p.m. on March 31st. Oh, and at wow. Vitello's, they have a really delicious linguine and clam. It is mm-hmm. good dish. food and yeah. a good night. So you it's can a go good and have dinner, night. you can have drinks, your heart's content. We should go. Right. some good singing. And yeah. I may even be able to talk if we're back in town. to getting up and singing. Oh. Wow. Wait, which is really kind of a double-edged sword because when I go, my, my you know, I, I played there for the first time uh, over a month ago. And I said, um, Nayana's going to come up and sing. The audience went, yeah, and, and I, like, I had a friend oh. on Facebook write, write me yesterday and say, you know, we really love to hear you sing, Dorian, but when your daughter gets up, <laughs> see, this is what keeps you without fame brain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, fame brain. I like that. Yeah, that's the 31st of March at Seven Vitellos, and on you guys' website, yeah, um, you guys are gonna um, gonna um, 
link the, the sure the tickets. you bet we are yeah i got yeah. that yeah. link make sure you get your tickets early you it's not, not the stuff. kind of place to just rock up and ask no for no, no, no but the no. food is there so good yeah, yeah. this yeah. is a great place so good it's a great place it's small mayana might do it was only like 50 seats robbie williams it's small enough james taylor right cheryl crows gotta get in gotta get in gotta get in especially you gotta get me before i go back out with james taylor yeah maybe i want to see you with james taylor no, and I'm just gonna no, clap no, for you. No, 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 but not. No. Oh, oh, yeah, just yeah, you. Not right. expensive, I'm like, Dorian. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for that. So that. We'll, let's wrap that. this up. But I do want sure. one more thing out of you too, Uh-oh. because you guys are. I mean, you guys are Here one of the you. few people we've interviewed that's that's the jack of all. I mean, mm. background singers, arrangers, vocal coaches, all that. I want to sort of come insurance salesman. That's awesome. Coming back around to the vocal coach side of thing, because again, yeah. there's all these listeners out there that they want to know how to master their voice. They want to know how to master their art, their craft. Mm-hmm. A little advice from you. A little advice from you. Mm. On how to master your craft. Just, just as a coach, what are some of the things that made such a difference to the those that you coach? And I know it. That's such a big that's thing a to vague, say, but if you can find question. a couple of nuggets, which right. is classic Dave at the end of the <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be out of here by two. Okay. Uh, let me okay. ask you this. Tell me your whole life story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So things, one. things you say that have made a difference to me or to people that I've coached. I think mostly as a coach. Yeah, I mean. I hate to sound cliche, but pra- like practice, practice. Mm-hmm. I feel like. So much has changed now because of social media, and I feel old saying that, but it's true. I mean, we think that you can just go from zero to everything so fast, mm-hmm. and it takes work. It takes dedication. It takes figure finding your voice. It takes warming up. I mean, I feel like I feel like singers need teachers. So find a coach. Doesn't have to be the most expensive coach in town, but find Dave. Dave. Uh, but find <laughs> Get out of here. Dorian also. Dorian. <laughs> right. But find someone to work with that can really teach you how to use your instrument. Use discount code. Right. <laughs> um, also mimicking singers that you love, singers that you don't know, listening to. I, I'm constantly asking my friends, my especially my musician friends, what are you listening to? Yeah. Send me links to your Spotify playlist, like trying to discover new Ooh. music, trying to emulate different voices. That, I feel like that's probably my one thing would be emulating because the thing that's taken me very far in my career has been being able to be versatile. And the only way I was able to do that was by sitting in my room and practicing that one hmm. skill. Again and again and again. Again and again and again and again. Oh my gosh. In in college, transcribing um, instrumental and vocal solos when I was studying jazz has been an undeniable skill. So transcribing, I mean writing it down or, or, or even if you can't write it, learning it, memorizing it, because then you're learning things about chords that you wouldn't have necessarily heard in pop music or in music theater. Um... So it's just like expanding your ear and your wealth of knowledge. I mean, I don't. I could go on and on and on and on and on, but really, practice. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, first of all, there's one tool that you have to have if you're going to be a singer. You have to have something to record on, record with which to record. Every time you practice, record yourself mm-hmm. and listen to it. So you might have to have two phones, or you might have to have a, some sort of recorder and a phone. 
video yourself while you're practicing so that you can see what you look like, you can see what you're doing. It's not enough to stand in front of a mirror and sing. So mm -hmm. every time you practice, record yourself and video yourself. Um, uh, those are a couple of tools that you need. I can't overemphasize how important it is to sing, 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 sing. Um, today, people want to jump over the steps that it takes just to become good. Right. And um, you, so you, you have to get to a point to where you're, um, for me, um, some people come to me that shouldn't be spending money on a coach. What they should be doing is learning how to sing. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things I say to do is to get three lists of 10 songs. Go to somebody who you know loves music and get a list of R&B songs, 10 songs. Go to somebody who you know that loves jazz and get a list of, of 10 jazz songs. Go to somebody who you know that loves rock or country and get 10 of those songs. And then for the next 30 days uh, or longer, learn every one of those 30 songs. You spend a week on each song for the next 30 weeks. Spend learning that song inside and out. Listen and learn. And the only way you're going to know if you're doing exactly what Sam Cooke is doing is by recording it when you sing it. So you play Sam Cooke, you, you learn Sam Cooke, you learn the song and try to sing it exactly exactly like Sam Cooke. Then do the same thing with Ella, then the same thing with Frank, and the same thing with David Bowie, and then the same thing with Paul McCartney, and then the same thing with Michael Jackson. Learn those songs, sing them exactly like them, and spend the time doing that. And that's just um, for the next um, 30 weeks. So, but but have a uh, have an accurate assessment of where, where your ability is, and you can do that without spending any money. Right. You know, totally. and so like if you spent the next year doing that, after you finish those 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 thirty weeks, get thirty more songs and learn that. You spend a, so spend a, a couple of how many weeks are there in a year? Fifty two. Fifty two. Mm -hmm. So seven so, eight months. Yeah. yeah. So spend the next couple of years doing that. Then you'll be yeah. ready to come spend your money on. On me, or, yeah. or you know, and Vitellas and Thirty First. I'm just talking about <laughs> oh, the coaching, well, the oh, private coaching. Yeah, right. well, you know, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with going and seeing shows like oh, that. Oh, I was going to well. add, I mean, go to see as many live shows right. as you can, especially if they're Vitellas on the Thirty First, exactly of March, of yeah. March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of March. Yeah, but that's but that's a place to start. You know, right. learn your trade. Yeah. Um, um, and, and and once you learn it, because the thing is, is that once you get really good. People are gonna notice. They're gonna notice if you're singing a demo, and if you and if you're great on the demo, then they're gonna refer you. When some, uh, the other thing is, is that I'm and I'm sorry for talking so long. All of the jobs that I've ever gotten have come from referral. I don't have an agent. Every job that I've got over the last forty years has come because somebody called somebody and says, "I need a guy that can do this," and they said, "Call Dory," and here's his number. So when you go to sing the demo, if you do a great job, that guy's gonna keep you. He's not only gonna that guy or girl is gonna call you again. But when the, uh, uh, somebody who's touring says, you know what, I need a girl who can sing, blah, 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 man, I got this great girl, let me give you her number. And that's how, that's how it starts. Yeah. That's how it started for me, that's how it started for, it's how it starts for everybody that I know. Mm -hmm. Ray Parker said, I can't do this recording session, I need to call Paul Jackson. I know he's only 16, but he can play as good as me. Wow. That's, right. how, that's how it all starts. Yep. Right. And but also people need to know that you're that good. So that means you have to be out there doing something 
Vitello's on the 31st of March. Showing up. Right. But yeah, I mean, seriously, like if you're, you've got to get out there. Getting yourself out there. And going to clubs. Yeah. Performing. I mean, there's, like I said, the list is so long. Unfortunately, though, with the social media now, you can do a 20-second clip and people go, oh, they can sing. And but then they have to go out on tour and they go, oh, Fortunate or unfortunately, sing. though, because, you know, I, I know a guy who got the lead role last year in, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, Disney. Disney thing, and you went to see it. The Disney thing at the at the uh, Disney movie that they did live on stage, Beauty and, Beauty the, Beast. and the Beast. Oh. He sang something on, you know, he sang a song on YouTube, and the lead guy got sick, and he suddenly oh, I just saw this guy on YouTube was great. So it's it's good and bad. Yeah, it's good and bad. You know, I mean, he could do it. You know, yeah. he could do the gig. Yeah, he can do it. He That's but that goes back to your point, which is practice, practice, practice. Right. Posting things right. on social media doesn't mean you are doesn't necessarily, but it is a, yeah. it is a, a way. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a definitely way, it's a resume. I tell, I tell my students and my friends yeah. to use it as a way of, of promoting yourself. 100%. You can get 20, get 20 likes. You could get 20 likes. Then you could get high. Yeah, and then right. you get high. Yeah. And then you get high. <laughs> and then you know, it totally depends right. on your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, dude, you're so, you're so right. But I would, I would throw in as a side, um, if singers are thinking about picking up an instrument or learning how to sight read and wondering if that's useful in this industry, I will always say yes. So mm. those are two two skills that do you know do not take for granted. Definitely right, learn, 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 because it just opens your opportunities that much more. Yeah, we don't have time for all of that. Well, I, yeah, we <laughs> no. could go on. We could go on a couple more hours here. Right. Maybe what we should do is just come back and have a sec part yeah. two on this because. You know, there is, you know, your, the whole thing with you and what's happening with the Ricky Minor gigs and mm-hmm. your your stage wife and all the stuff that, I mean, actually, it'd be great to have her in here. Yeah, now, we but, should. Yeah. Who's your stage wife? Jesse, Jesse Jess Collins. Collins. I sing oh. with her a lot, and I know you They're guys married. know yeah. her very well. We're, we're, we well, do. We work right. together a lot. That's my Jess work Collins wife. Do you remember we, we did with Jess and Storm? Oh, oh nice. yes. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But there's, but there's still <laughs> so, so much to mine out of you guys on the coaching so side. And, and yeah. it's great to know your history and all the things that have happened as the artist side and the working side and the contracting side. Right. And then, you know, for me, again, the education, the, the mining out as much as I can is really important. So. Right. Yeah, but, you know, we, I, 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 I love this. You guys are great. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. Mediocre. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I gotta believe in myself. You it's be. that imposter syndrome. I'm waiting for right. people to tell me I'm fake. Yeah, you're a fraud. I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get backstage. Yeah. It's just the diet. <laughs> yeah, it's the diet. Of <laughs> well, I see everyone worshiping Dorian. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm just like, ah, the fame within my head. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys very Thank much. You. For One more question. I did that. I think it was Greg Filling Games. You did it every single podcast. Greg Filling Games was a, bit, a bad one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. Like, he, had, he had a heart out. Oh, yeah. no. And there's like one more question. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's a lot to know. There's well, a lot of questions. Did you make a really dirty joke? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, it was great. I heard I've it. Only, yeah, the good joke says that all yeah. the time, but you know. Anyway, thank you very much. And, um, Dave, thank you for having us. Yeah, great. it's thank so you. great. Yes. Look Thanks for coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Joe, thank you for 
being you. Being here and Shannon, thank you. <laughs> this is the longest goodbye. Shannon, goodbye. Goodbye, Joe. Thank you, thank Shannon. You. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Dorian. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thanks, Cody. Our studio audience. Thanks yeah. to yeah. also <laughs> thanks to Blue Microphones, our sponsor, uh-huh. and uh, thanks to Vocalize You Summer Program. Yeah, I was looking for a microphone sponsor. Yeah. Thank you, Blue. Call me. Yeah, we'll, we'll work that out for you. All right, and we're ending. Goodbye. We're out.